Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. The dark web can be like a restaurant for identity thieves. Hi, ready to order? I'll have the driver's license number. Great, that comes with a home address or a birth date. Ooh, both, please. It can be dangerously easy to steal your identity. LifeLock by Norton makes it easy to help protect yourself. If you become a victim, we'll work to fix it. No one can monitor all transactions, but everyone can save up to 25% off their first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Identity theft protection starts here. Welcome to the Cinema Gold Podcast with your host, Larry Lease. Come join us as Cinema Gold dives into the latest Hollywood films and news. Welcome to another episode of the Cinema Gold Podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Audible. Get a free 30-day membership and free book at your choice by visiting audibletrial.com slash cinemagold. The link will also be in the show notes. Our first main topic is saying goodbye to the legendary actor Sean Connery. Or better known now as Sir Sean Connery. He was the actor I grew up watching as a kid from the Disney classic like Darby O'Gale and the Little People. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade to The Rock and to the James Bond franchise however my most favorite role with Sean Connery is in The Touchables my favorite is this line with Sean Connery alongside Kevin Costner you said you wanted to know how to get the Capone do you really want to get him you see what I'm saying 
What are you prepared to do? Everything within the law. And then what are you prepared to do? If you open the ball on these people, Mr. Nash, you must be prepared to go all the way. Because they won't give up the fight until one of you is dead. I want to get Capone. I don't know how to get him. Want to get Capone? Here's how you get him. He pulls a knife, you pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue. That's the Chicago way. Every actor wants to work, and a small percentage of those actors get to work in films that people remember, and a much smaller percentage get to play an iconic character over the course of several films. And a very, very tiny percentage manage to find success by tackling other roles after becoming famous as the iconic character, which brings us to Sean Connery, who died this past weekend at the age of 90. His portrayal as super spy James Bond was an essential, to, was as essential to the 1960s as the Beatles. He wasn't technically the first Bond. Barry Nelson played the Ian Fleming character in an American TV adaptation of Casino Royale in 1954. But Conray invented an action hero who was overtly sexual in a way that his predecessors hadn't been. Although still able to dispatch the bad guys with ruthless efficiency, all the while never spoiling Crease in his tuxedo. Conry himself came from working class origins, having been a milkman and a lifeguard before flirting with professional bodybuilding and football on his way to an acting career. Bond might have been an employee of Her Majesty, but he was always more of a roughneck. Here is a British hero without the tiniest bit of elitism or aristocratic remove. His authority came from his steadfastness, his steely gaze, and his unwavering voice. Bond was cruel and sadistic, but Connery's screen presence was so dashing and charismatic that audiences rarely noticed. If you look back at the spy craze of the decade, one that inspires knockoffs and parodies galore, you can pin it entirely on Connery's shoulders. He had an acting career before becoming 007, one that encompassed stage, TV, and the movies. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And it's completely free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iTunes, and all the other places you can get podcasts. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. I use it. My friends at Movie Lovers Unite use it, and it simplifies the process from start to finish. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. His early performances include Pop Oil at Another Time, Another Place, and the Disney classic Darby O'Gill and the Little People. And he was determined to have one after being 007 as well. As two, Tom Cruise would later do in projects directed by Stanley Kubrick and Martin Scorsese to name a few. Connery used his box office clout as a way to work with leading filmmakers who would show audiences the breadth of his capabilities. As Bond mania was reaching an apex in 1964, Connery signed on to star opposite Tippi Hedren and Alfred Hitchcock's Marnie, a psychosexual drama that wasn't embraced at the time, but has built a growing cult over the decades. Even though Hitchcock later sniffed 
to Francois Truffaut that he wasn't convinced that Sean Connery was a Philadelphia gentleman. Connery is perfectly cast in a role that requires him to be both cruel and affectionate, manipulative and understanding. Connery clearly had a better working relationship with Sidney Lumet, with whom he worked a year later on the 1965 World War II drama The Hill. The two would go on to collaborate on 1971's The Anderson Tapes, a highlight of Connery's post-Bond career, The the Offense, Family Business, and The All-Star, Murder on the Orient Express. Family Business, incidentally, is perhaps best recalled as the film in which we're supposed to believe Connery as the father of Dustin Hoffman and the grandfather of Matthew Broderick. But of course, Connery paved the way for actors like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Liam Neeson to play American characters with European accents that, that audiences choose to overlook. Walking away from the Braun franchise after Diamonds Are Forever, apart from a one-off reprise of the role in the aptly titled Never Say Never Again, Connery came into his own as a charismatic lead in films that weren't easily categorized. For every traditional two-fisted heroic turn in movies like Outland, Meteor, or The Great Train Robbery, the actor also offered up the likes of Richard Lester's Robin and Marion, casting him as a later-in-life Robin Hood, still madly in love with this fair maiden, Audrey Hepburn. It's the savvy movie stars that know when to share the limelight, and Connery often did so, whether taking on a cameo in Time Bandits, or someone of equal or cheaper stature, or the supporting role of the hero's dad in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. The actor scored his one Oscar nomination and win for his scene-stealing role as one of Elliot Ness's, Ness's lieutenants in The Untouchables. And his very favorite role, thought by many to be his career highlight, came in The Man Who Would Be King, sharing top billing with longtime pal Michael Caine in a rousing and bittersweet Rudyard Kipling adaptation. Connery ended his filmography with something of a whimper, and true, nobody knows anything fashion. He said yes to The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen while turning down Lord of the Rings and The Matrix. Perhaps it's better to think of his final film as 2000's Finding Forrester, in which she once again worked with a world-class filmmaker, Gus Van Sant, and delivered a moving performance as a reclusive, Salinger-esque author. There are a couple of movies that stood out for me with Sean Connery in terms of what he brought to the film. The first is Dr. No. Connery let his good looks do the talking, but also his tough demeanor let him beat up the thugs. Connery showed what James Bond should really be, smart, charming, confident, and ready to take on the world. The second film is The Untouchables. Connery let his toughness shine through as the strong and serious Irish peacock. His character was ready to do anything to get the crook, in this case Al Capone. I'm a fan of true crime, so this story as well as Connery's acting really drew me into this film. True, believe nobody else could have done a better job in the character than Sean Connery. Once again, I'd like to thank Audible for sponsoring this episode. With over 150,000 titles to choose from, from your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player, Audible has a ton of audiobooks for you to try, no matter what genre you love to read. Perhaps you want to try The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien, or have you heard that Divergent by Veronica Roth is better than movie? <laughs> How can it not be? So many to choose from. Again, to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash cinemagold. It's audibletrial.com slash cinemagold for your free audiobook. And thanks for supporting the Cinema Gold Podcast. Now our 
second final topic is the Mandalorian Season 1 review. The first season of The Mandalorian was an episodic exercise in delayed gratification. After the premiere introduced its cooler-than-cool lead action figure and strategically unveiled its sidekick, a.k.a. Baby Yoda, a.k.a. The Child, the following seven episodes distracted audiences with visually spectacular loop-the-loops instead of answering the Disney Plus series' most basic question, what will The Mandalorian do with Baby Yoda? Is he a papa now? Can fatherhood be assimilated into the Mandalorian creed? Does he even realize how cute Baby Yoda is? An answer eventually arrived in the finale of Mando, tasked with reuniting Baby Yoda with its own kind, thus setting up a second season of weekly galaxy-spanning adventures when an an expressive suit of armor totes a green blob with giant black eyes from planet to planet, getting in fights, making money, and or refusing to eat or drink anything in public. None of this is a criticism, exactly. Episodic storytelling is part of television foundation, but Disney's favorite franchise starter, writer and director John Favreau, made a key change to the classic classic blueprint that helped distinguish The Mandalorian from a format now mainly associated with boring broadcast TV while still playing to his story's inherited strength. Favreau swapped out character-driven stories for spectacle-driven ones. (laughs) With all the money offered by the Disney vault and working with one lead that's mute and another that literally can't show his emotions... The Mandalorian relies on compelling action, advanced visual effects, and Star Wars lore. A.K.A. adorable little creatures and badass space stuff. To deliver enough entertainment for subscribers to keep paying their fees for eight weeks. And can you believe it? Strategy worked. Mandalorian helped make Disney Plus such a streaming success. The entire company has been restructured around it right before the launch of Season 2. This being a Disney property, and Disney being the most efficient corporate machine when it comes to repurposing its successful formulas, The Mandalorian Season 2 is very much more the same. The first episode is all razzle-dazzle and cutaways to Baby Yoda's meme auditions. But it also marks an even steeper downturn in developing the ongoing plot while delivering an extra-long episode, clocking at 52 minutes. The formerly half-hour series sets a risky precedent when it doesn't really need to, threatening to disrupt its careful balance between stylish, high-flying adventure stories and watching an empty suit treading water. Or should it be treading sand? Just look at the basic setup for the season and how Episode 1, Chapter 9, The Marshal, plays into it. Having made his choice to protect the child in Season 1, the Mandalorian has one new goal for Season 2, return baby Yoda to the rest of his species. Kicking off its video game plotting, Episode 1 sees Mando venturing to the Outer Rim in the hopes of accomplishing his task. But he's not visiting an underground battle royale to ask where he might find more little green teddy bears. He's asking where he might find more Mandalorians, and then he can ask them where to look for Baby Yoda's brethren. This is already one extra step tossed in by the writing team, and the lengthening only continues from there. Mando goes to ask where the Mandalorians are and gets a tip that one was spotted on Tatooine. He finds his target on Tatooine, but in reality it's not a Mandalorian at all. It's just a desert town's marshal wearing Mandalorian armor. But rather than leaving to go look for actual Mandalorians, Mando gets sucked into another local quest and ends up spending the rest of the episode plotting to kill a dragon. Chapter 9, The Marshal, follows a similar structure to Season 1 episodes like Chapter 2, when Mando barters with the Jawas to get back the 
parts to his ship in Chapter 4 when he helps local villagers fight off raiders attacking their village. Except Chapter 9 is much longer than those episodes, and B doesn't serve a greater purpose. The second episode helps cement a bond between Mando and Baby Yoda. So when he decided to rescue the child in the next episode, it makes sense. The fourth episode was meant to give a peek inside Mando's armor and help explain why he keeps roaming the galaxy instead of settling down with a nice lady on a peaceful planet. I'm not saying either episode was that convincing. Mando's personality remains opaque, hidden behind the devotion to his creed as much as a mask he'll never take off. But these diversions from the primary objective were clearly justified. Chapter 9's diversion is mainly to showcase Justified's star, Timothy Oliphant, which is both a perfectly good reason to write an episode of television, though his cowboy persona is put to better use in this season's Fargo, and a rather galling explanation for bogging down the plot this early. Don't get me wrong, hearing Oliphant's voice behind Boba Fett's helmet was far more thrilling to this critic than meeting Baby Yoda in last year's premiere, but it makes you wonder how long the Mandalorian's formula can bear out. Plenty of TV shows slam on the brakes after a successful first season, hoping to keep the money train rolling as long as possible. And lightly serialized programs are far better suited to spend extra time indulging in side plots than ongoing stories. Still, the longer Chapter 9 dragged on, the more weak spots it exposed. We've already seen Mando battle giant creatures, so watching him do it in a jetpack added a little luster to the fight. All the Star Wars tie-ins from Boba Fett's armor to the ending tease of Boba Fett's return do little to hold anyone's attention other than diehard franchise junkies. What about Moff Gideon, the surviving big bad of season one? What about the rest of the Mandalorians? What about the mission? Undoubtedly, these questions will be answered in time, but the Mandalorian isn't as efficient as it used to be. Maybe it's hooked enough fans already. Maybe seeing an amazing new creature, a mysterious new cameo, is all anyone needs to keep watching. Maybe the new TV franchise can afford to extend episodes, delay arcs, and spend hours derping around the extended Star Wars universe without alienating its audience. Disney certainly knows how to string people along, given how many franchises have been delayed because of the pandemic. The House of Mouse is probably happy to keep streaming subscribers engaged for an extra 20 minutes per week, but they should be careful. Television thrives on characters and the longer people spend watching OneNote leads piddle around on meaningless ta- tasks, the more likely they are to realize how little they actually feel while watching, and the less likely they are to keep coming back for more. Thank you for listening to the Cinema Gold Podcast. Uh, I want to hear your thoughts about the uh, new season of Mandalorian. What did you think about the first episode? And share your thoughts about any memories you have of Sean Connery as an actor what was his favorite character for you you can send us a voice message on anchor.fm slash cinemagold be sure to like and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts just search Cinema Gold. thanks for watching Cinema Gold Podcast Follow us on Twitter at CinemaGold2. Become a patron on our Patreon at patreon.com slash cinemagold. Send us a voice message and be featured on an upcoming episode through anchor.fm slash cinemagold. Mary 
redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.